Blog Talk Radio. Desperate House Witches, this is Raina Star. Oh, y'all, I got an hour coming for you. You don't even know. But before we get to our guest, Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So if bad language, bodily functions, and other dirty talk might bother you, this may not be the show for you. But you know what? I think it's the show for you anyway. So just sit back. <laughs> Desperate House Witches is brought to you by... The Wicked One herself, Dorothy Morrison, www.wickedwitchstudios.com. And if you need her goods shipped overseas, check out www.theangrycauldron.com. So, I got to tell you, I heard about this writer and I said, oh, fuck yeah. We today are lucky enough to have scored Michael Herkus author of The Glam Witch, and I must read this entire title, sit tight, A Magical Manifesto of Empowerment with the Great Lilithian Arcane Mysteries. Michael Herkus, are you kidding me with this book? I feel (laughs) red, honey. Red, red to shit. Okay? (laughs) This book is amazing. So, Please, tell folks about you first, and then let's talk about the book. And I understand you also have a new, a newer book coming out soon. So we've got to cover a lot of ground. <laughs> yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on. Um, so, yes, my name is Michael Herkus. I am the glam witch in the magical community, and um, I've been practicing witchcraft now for about uh, two decades. And um, in my practice, I work exclusively with the goddess Lilith. Um, I work and deal with a lot of crystal magic, um, tarot, glamour magic, sex magic, and moon magic. And um, I, I have my two books that you just talked about, um, The Glam Witch, which came out last year, which I'm so excited about. And it's pretty much the documentation of my whole past. Um, and my brand new book, The Complete Book of Moon Spells, which is coming out on July 14th. Um, and I'm also a, a writer for Which Way Magazine. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I have to say, um, I I read a lot of books, obviously, Mm -hmm. because this is what I do. And (laughs) a lot of books, I feel, I mean, I don't even know where to start with this because it's just (laughs) mind-blowing to me. So tell me, first of all, so when you, you said you've been practicing for two decades yeah, it's been 20 years at this point, like 19 and a half, 20. I, um, I am 31, um, and I started practicing right around 10, 11 years old. That is when I got into uh, witchcraft. So I was really enthralled with the glamorization of witches in the late 90s on television and the silver screen, um, even as a young little kid watching, like, Disney movies and Snow White um, and uh, even just the Wizard of Oz. I mean, the Wicked Witch was like such the best character in that. Um, but uh, 
I, yeah, I, I started out really, really young. Um, and uh, in the process of it all, have ended up creating my own unique path. Um, I am a, a eclectic solitary witch. Um, if I'm going to be kind of labeled into any box. And then from there, I've kind of created this new persona and this new path is this glam witch and glam being of course the glamorous aesthetic and um, glitter and fabulousness that is of course my appearance um, but also uh, glam I use as an acronym for the great Lilithian arcane mysteries um, which is just mm-hmm. pretty much a my my dedication to Lilith um, who is a very misunderstood entity within the magical scene. Um, a lot of people know a little bit about her. I'm sure have heard the whole story of her being Adam's first wife, uh, who left him and became this radical feminist. Um, but uh, there's so much more to her. And I think that oftentimes she gets overlooked. And I think that if we really kind of dig into her archetype and what she represents, she is a goddess for our generation right now. And definitely one that uh, can help us, I think, shift into this new movement and era where we are getting rid of the patriarchy and um, we're being a little bit more independent and equal. Yes. Oh, (laughs) goddess, yes. Okay. Um, Yes, I'm so sorry. Uh, Somebody else is trying to read. (laughs) They'll have because I'm not talking but you. Um, So, you know, the the thing with, with Lilith and having been brought up, I was brought up half Jewish and half mm-hmm. Christian. And, you know, my mother's side was very witchcraft inclined and, and all of that. But my father's side being Jewish, we had all learned, you know, well, Lilith was bad and was cast out, da-da-da-da-da. And it was like, why? Why? <laughs> she was... A freedom fighter. I mean, I when I yeah. think of Lilith, I think of a so because I've you know been reading your book, um, not because I came up with that. Poem, so um, the credit goes to you. But oh, you. I love I love this this idea that she was so much more. And you know, when you talk about gods and goddesses, a lot of us you know these days have been very uh, attracted to Hecate. And mm-hmm. I see some similarities, um, mm-hmm. but then there's like a total departure. You know, when, I, when I've when i dealt in some Hecatean stuff, it's been very, you know, cleaning out your, your, your junk. But the thing mm-hmm. I find with, with what you've written about Lilith, it's more of a, listen, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to hone you and shape you into a way that you can use these energies and just use, I don't feel judged. You know, like I said to you earlier, I I went through the astrological part of this, the beginning of it, Mm -hmm. and I looked up on my chart and I was like, are you shitting me? So I have Leo, Aries, Virgo. And okay. I went, you know, and I started reading these definitions, and I'm thinking, where were you 30 years ago when I was in therapy? Because you could have saved me some money. I'm just saying. Oh, damn. coin could have been saved. <laughs> Insane. Read to shit, yeah. but don't feel judged. And I think that's mm-hmm. a huge difference these days. Please speak to that some. 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, I think, so first I'll, I'll kind of comment on, you know, uh, yes, we see a lot of Hecate in the craft. We see uh, it's, it's kind of like the, the go-to um, goddess, if you will. Uh, but, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of look at Lilith as, as a combination of Hecate and Aphrodite, in a sense, because she has that darker <sighs> energy, that no-nonsense, that bullshit detector in her that's kind of Hecate, <clears throat> and then she's all in the, the different realms and can go between the worlds and into the underworld and up above and all of that. But then she also has such a sensual side, this raw, sensual, sexual side to her. And I always look at some of the ways it's in which she was demonized. If we really want to look at why she was considered a a child killer, it wasn't because she was actually out there killing children or anything, but she represented sexuality for pleasure over procreation. Mm -hmm. So I always kind of Mm -hmm. look at her as the embodiment of lust for life. Like you are meant to live your life, be happy, be free, do what makes you feel good. Don't put other people down. Um, And, and I think that there's such a, uh, empowerment aspect to her with that. You know, I, I think a lot of times people think witchcraft and are like, ooh, power, like we're coming into it for power, but not power over mm-hmm. others, more power over yourself. And Lilith definitely shed some light on that. Um, and then as far as you had mentioned, like the astrology aspect, for people that are listening that have no idea about that, Lilith has three astrological positions, and three, just think about that, three. So we know that certain uh, gods and goddesses have been named pieces of astrology. Um, But Lilith gets three, and all of them represent our shadow self. And uh, each one of them represents an aspect of our shadow self. So we have asteroid Lilith that represents our wounds. We have um, dark moon Lilith that represents our rage. And then we have the most common one, which we'll see a lot of times, the black moon Lilith, which is how we reintegrate our shadow self into um, society once it's gone through the the wound and the raging and the crying and the sadness, how we feel that. And it's very similar to when you look at your, like, your sun sign, your moon sign, your ascendant, how each of those little pieces play a part of your personality. Each of these three little pieces play a part of your personality, too, from, like, the other side, the, the dark, hidden aspect. Um, and I do love what you had mentioned before, too, about not judging you type of a thing. And that's something that I definitely have felt working with Lilith in all of this time. Um, she doesn't mm-hmm. judge. She's harsh. She's going to tell you how it is. Um, and she'll make you like really take the blinders off and see some of the things that, that you need to see, but there's no judgment on who you are. Um, again, she's a goddess of equality. And a lot of times we, we look at her for that gender equality, but it's, it goes on beyond that. Um, it's, it's all different levels of equality and she comes to you with that same kind of equality. If you get what I'm saying. And I think that's where you're not getting yeah. that judgment. And I think that's why yeah. as I was writing and she was channeling through me as I wrote, um, the voice that I had was non-judgmental because I don't get a judgmental voice from her. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, <laughs> I love that aspect of it. I, I love the fact that it's like, okay, this is who you are. This is what you're dealing with. Here are your tools. And mm-hmm. I, I, but it just, the accuracy is what really fucked with me. Because, <laughs> and I'm, I mean, I'm not afraid to mention, if it's okay, for me to mention yeah. the things, the dark, the dark persona part 
on myself because mm-hmm. I, I, I have no goddamn shame. Um, so hey, go for I it. came up, yeah, I came up with Leo, the narcissist, Aries, the violent child, and Virgo, the masochist. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'm like, you, what were you in my room? What the hell? <laughs> like, holy shit. But it's yeah. very specific. You know how sometimes, you know how sometimes when you're dealing with astrology and it's kind of like mm-hmm. a blanket thing and it could almost be applied to everybody? I don't yeah. find that. This is not a, you know, you can mold yourself into it. It is, this is just, it is what it is. And it's pretty amazing because I just, I've never had anything be like that accurate without having any additional information from me. Like all Mm -hmm. I did was enter, you know, per the book. The book has instructions on where to go and what to do and how to figure these things out. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty damn cool because you will see your immediately, immediately without question. So I yeah. was just like, how do this? This is incredible. <laughs> well, I'm glad you liked it because one of my big hurdles too with just astrology in general is sometimes it can be so, so dense. Like I know some parts of it, but I mean, you can go really down, like far down the astrological rabbit hole. And I used to have such a mm-hmm. hard time understanding what, Lilith was in, in astrology, and it just kind of always went over the like top of my head um, until I actually mm-hmm. saw an astrologer, and I, I just wanted a session just so I could understand Lilith more. Like, teach me how to understand this, because the books that I'm reading, just, they're very dry, and they're very, like, wordy, and it goes completely over my head. So I'm happy that mm-hmm. I think that I, I was successful in presenting it in a very sim- simple way, even though it is still complex and deep um, material, uh, it, I just think that my, the voice that I speak it in is a little bit easier to understand. Oh, I, you know, I'm very appreciative because I am no Rhodes Scholar. Um, <laughs> I like to think I'm a reasonably intelligent person, but if it becomes yeah. too Same. professorial, <laughs> it goes over yeah. my head and I feel lost, and then I lose mm-hmm. interest if I feel lost. And that's just honest and that's just me. But the way you've presented the information is really straightforward and but clear minded and not not colored with certain aspects like, you know, you should feel bad about this aspect of yourself. It's very Mm -hmm. useful to to hear that you don't have to reject part of yourself. Um, exactly. And that everything that everything that makes you you can be beneficial if applied appropriately. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and I will just be right out there with you and say, you know, the 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 shadow persona on Leo, the narcissist. It's like, but you can channel this in healthy ways, you know. Yes. Hence, I have a show. Mm-hmm. Hence, you're on the show. So, you know, I can mm-hmm. see where I've, I've put that to a, a, a good use as opposed to something that could be negative. So, I mean, yeah. it's just you really did a great job with that. So oh, thank tell you. me, when you – oh, thank you. Um, and I mean that. 
I just love the book. The book is great. I haven't even finished reading it yet, but it's great. (laughs) I can't wait to finish it. Um, But, you know, you take these things that just, you know, you see yourself so clearly and so quickly, and a lot of the time that does not happen, you know, Mm -hmm. and – and I I love something that like this that doesn't make me feel bad about myself because I've got a lot of reasons where I could, and so mm-hmm. I really want to recommend I really want to recommend this book if you're not even sure of what it is you're dealing with because a lot of the time, you know, in the day to day, you're just mm-hmm. you're kind of going through the motions of just surviving, especially now, you know, there's so much yeah. unrest and there's so much confusion you know people are accepting all kinds of crazy information no one Mm -hmm. knows what to believe sometimes and just having this piece that that can make you feel clear and let you know okay these are the things you're working with you know you can use it for the resistance you know and I definitely feel like Lilith is a goddess for the resistance this is just yeah you are so right her her time is so right now yeah, and I want to present out too for listeners that haven't maybe are you know um, used to the book too. So it starts off where I talk about Lilith. So the whole first part is really kind of demystifying um, her story, um, and then also mm-hmm. talking about how to make contact with her and the different um, correspondence that you can do to work with her, like your crystals and your herbs and all of that. Um, but then the whole second part is kind of designed around my. Um, philosophy and morals of that I call the Lilithian pentacle um, or my Lilithian mm-hmm. laws. And so each one of those gets its own chapter. The first being um, to see it. So see it aligns with divination and your spirit self and um, really going through life with your, your third eye wide open and paying attention to the signs and the synchronicity. So I get really into the nitty gritty of um, different tools that you can use to do divination that might help enhance your psychic ability. And then we come into the mm-hmm. second part, which is what we've been talking about with the, the astrology, which is owning it, your shadow self. Uh, and that aligns with, of course, the Lilith-based astrology. Because um, once we actually start working on our shadow self and the, the dark part to our, um, excuse me, the dark part to us, we then can shine brightly, which comes to the next part, which is flaunting it and really shining and showing your true authenticity to the world through glamour magic. Um, and I think a lot of people are always confused because they're like, Lilith and glamour? And I'm like, yeah, you look at her story. She was the seductress. She lives in mirrors. Mirrors are her portals. Um, she's not like the lovey-dovey, ethereal kind of Aphrodite essence that some people think about, but I also don't look at Aphrodite in that way. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, she, she has this allure and this seduction to her that is very glamorous. And then we come into the next part, which is indulging in it, and that's aligned with just pleasure and connecting to sex magic and using your, your orgasms to manifest your desires in the world. Um, Lilith, again, is a, a sex goddess. She represents that sexuality. And then we come to the very last part, which is defend it, um, connecting to protection and protective magic. But that it's kind of split into two different sections, too, because when I thought about it, you know, a lot of people think, 
at least when I was growing up, and there wasn't great information on Lilith, the, the little that was out there talked a lot about her being used for hexes and banishings and things like that. And she's great with that type of stuff. But if it really comes down to it, when she was in the face of adversity, in all of her stories, she just left the situation. So I present a kind of magical fight or flight which is up to the readers to decide, like, when you're faced with adversity, is it appropriate for you to just, like, actually go in and charge into battle? Or is it better suited for you to just walk the other way and do something else? Um, and I give different uh, reasonings for why someone might choose both of those. So I, I really loved how it all came together, and I've loved the feedback on how it's come out. But that's essentially how I, I work in my practice and the different magical um, techniques and um, niches that I kind of fit Lilith into um, in my work. Mm. So and I just wanted to ask you, I mean, did, when you started practicing, did, you didn't immediately yeah. have Lilith, did you? Or is, is that no. is she the first well, thing you gravitated to? Where did you start? So honestly, Lilith led me to witchcraft kind of funny story so I um, again was like so into anything just kind of visual number one and number two any kind of a badass feminine force so of course I gravitated towards Buffy at a young age and I picked up a Buffy graphic (laughs) novel comic book and in it there was this gorgeous like statuesque villain with long flowing red hair and this gorgeous lavender gown that was flowy and crescent moon earrings and she was Lilith the mother of demons the mother's vampires and Buffy had to kill her and then we fast forward a couple of years as witchcraft and Wicca started to keep being said on Buffy and Charmed and I started to then look at the library and pick up books on witchcraft and start teaching myself um eventually I came to see Lilith in some of those pages uh, and it redrew me back to that initial um, representation that I saw of her in that, those comics. And uh, at that time, you know, I was, I, I, my, my witchcraft was very Wiccan based. It started out very Wiccan and, uh, but I didn't ever mm-hmm. connect really to the God aspect of it. So that was always a struggle and yeah. it felt unnatural to me, um, even though I am mm-hmm. born male. Uh, And um, I got really interested in finding a patron, um, god or goddess. And, of course, I was like, Lilith, that makes sense because she drew me in. But everything I was seeing about her said she was nasty and evil and demonic and not a goddess and all this stuff. So I put her so Mm -hmm. far on the back burner. And I was trying to work with other deities along the way, and it didn't work out. I kind of joke about it in the book and say I I speed dated deities. Um, And none of the relationships kind of went anywhere. And Lilith kept mm-hmm. echoing in the background. I'd open a book and there would be her name. I'd turn on TV and there would be a character named Lily. Like she was literally screaming at me until I finally accepted her. And I just was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't have information on her. I'm just going to willfully walk in and use the little bit of knowledge I know. And for lack of a better term, do trial and error, which is scary. But um, I, I, I'm so appreciative of the fact that I got out of my own way and I went into mm-hmm. it. And I think even looking back at it, I, I was doing an interview recently about Lilith, and I I thought back to when I first started out, one of the struggles I had was there wasn't any real witchy book out there on her. She was mentioned in a few. There were a lot of scholarly analyses on her and psychological work on mm. her, but nothing really witchy that was like, use this with her. Here's an invocation to her. So all of that I had to kind of create. Um, and 
and, and kind of figure out from looking more at her from a historical relevance and looking at yeah. the associations to other gods and goddesses from her time and who she's connected with. Uh, but also, mm-hmm. I, I want to say that it's really interesting to me that she doesn't necessarily, and it's very factual, that she, there's no known like rituals or worship to her that are from ancient time, I, like that we, that we know of. There may have been, and they've just been lost in history. But she was actually worshipped as an adversary, just in the fact that for the last 5,000 years, she's been a part of numerous cultures around the world as this evil, boogie-boogie, like, boogie woman, um, essentially. And I found that fascinating when you look at how some of the other goddesses and gods died out as monotheistic Christianity and and Judaism and things like that came into play. Lilith survived Mm -hmm. as the villain. She was called a whole bunch of nasty names in the, in, along the way, but she survived, and mm-hmm. she never, she never tried to fit into how other people wanted her to fit in. She always remained true to herself, and I think that's another one of those reasons why she's such an empowering force right now, um, especially to call on in, in these times where a lot of us feel disempowered. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, this yeah. is a crazy, t- crazy, crazy time. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, what a labor of love this must have been for you to to build these rituals for her and these, you know, elixirs for her and potions for her and devotionals for her. I mean, that's a huge undertaking where there's well, very little written about it. Yeah, I think, well, again, this is really just me sharing my practice as it has evolved over the years. So, like, the rituals and the invocations and recipes and stuff like that, that's stuff that I've I've had that has been created. Um, The book itself actually took me about four months to write the draft. Um, And then it went into, you know, the editing phase, and then I had about a month of rewrites and stuff. But it it is a, a, a lengthy book. It's somewhere around 300 and I don't know, maybe 20 pages or something. But, uh, but yes, it's, it's a, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of, um, information. Uh, but I felt like it was time to say something about her because again, there's not really much out there and you see her a lot on different television shows and she'll come and go, but I really wanted to start pushing the envelope open so that people could start actually seeing the beauty that is of Lilith um, and the importance of working with her in these times. Oh, I agree. So tell, tell the listeners a little bit, a bit about what practical glamour is as opposed to, like, I don't know if you ever saw the show True Blood. They talked about glamouring yeah. a lot. <laughs> um, yeah. Because there's, yeah. there is a difference. And and I think mm-hmm. you would you would be the best person to to talk about those differences. Sure. So I guess practical glamour magic would essentially be just your like your makeup and your clothing and very just surface level outfits and and things like that. How you actually decorate yourself. Um, and when you start doing that, you of course can kind of use magic to make a statement or to bring things into your life. So again, you want more love in your life, wear more reds, wear more pinks, um, have that kind of energy manifesting through your appearance. Um, that's kind of more of the, the very surface level, uh, 
practical glamour magic. And then, of course, messing with makeups and using oils on your face and different things like that. But um, if we get into, like, the really the magical practice, so on True Blood, I know they used to, like, stare into the eyes and take away people's memories and get them to do what they want. Uh, there's a little bit to that in glamour magic, and I do talk um, about mm-hmm. it in the book a little bit. Um, there is something that we can do with our eyes where if we, if we try to focus on if you're trying to talk to someone and you focus more on like the eyelash or like the, their little tear duct, your eyes will naturally dilate. And it's um, statistically proven that we are more attractive when we are, um, when our pupils are dilated. So when you're trying to have a conversation and you're looking face to face and in people's eyes, um, one of the ways that you can really charm them is by having that, that stance. But that also comes into just the very practical notion that eye contact is really effective in making your presence known um, and being really good at that. So it's a combination of like just little tweaks like that, um, being practical but magical in your clothing and your statements and your accessories, uh, your whole body language, how you you create a walk, how you create a presence. Um, Are you really closed off with your arms? Do you fold them? Do you cross certain ways? Or are you more open? Um, So that's very, just very basic underlying things. Um, But when you start digging into more of like the shadowy type of work, um, to get down to the true root of who you are, so that you can vibrate at a higher level and a higher frequency uh, with your magical presence, that's the magical part of glamour. That's the confidence that you build and that authentic persona. Um, and I talk a lot in the beginning part of that glamour chapter about how you create your magical persona and how you kind of do that through visualization and affirmation and different things along those lines to really showcase to the world who you are. And a lot of times we do Mm -hmm. that too, you know, just if we look at like Halloween, for example, you know, for that night of tricks and treats, we put on this whole different persona. We dress up as this other thing. So that's kind of the intro on how I recommend people start with glamour magic is pick your favorite celebrity or pick, you know, your favorite archetype. Or I even had one person that I was coaching and they were like, well, I don't really have a favorite anything, but I have a favorite tarot card. And I'm like, great, pick that tarot card. And how are you going to dress as that tarot card? How does that tarot card act? You know, kind of create this um, storyline in your mind and then go out and test it out in the world and see how it is. Um, and then you can also get into like different auras and changing auras and things like that. Uh, but just as a quick overview, I think that covers the both practical and magical elements of glamour. I agree. Oh, and scent. Scent and you know, a big I, one. scent. Yes. Please talk about scent. So scent, um, is I, so oh, forever I've just been, I've had just a very strong sense of, uh, smell. And I used to have mm-hmm. all of these different colognes that I bought, and I was just so into smells. And now I just mix my own. So that's where you can kind of get into some magical things, too, by creating your own potions and lotions and scents um, to evoke emotions. Uh, and it's so interesting, too. And, and you can play, like, a little bit with more of, like, the science and psychology of smell on what combinations of things actually uh, make you more attractive or seductive in certain ways. Um, but I also like to talk about, because in the magical community, a lot of people are very essential um, oils only. And I'm fine with synthetics, especially when it comes to glamour, because glamour is creating an illusion, not 
illusion with an I, but illusion with an A, which is just more of a, a reference to something that is already existing somewhere else. So that is a synthetic oil in and of itself. Plus essential oils, some of them can get so expensive, especially when it comes to like vanilla and rose and jasmine, oh, and God, yeah. like floral ones that are so, so ridiculously expensive. But if you find a nice mm-hmm. synthetic one and you put some dried uh, rose petal in it or dry jasmine petals and then let it saturate in with that, that herb, it'll still kind of have that essence and that connection. Um, so I think that smells mm-hmm. and creating your own fragrances and things like that are, are a very big part of glamour magic, but also one of my favorite aspects of it. Um, and then bath magic as well. So getting in and, and oh, cause with baths, you know, you're essentially in a cauldron and you are, one of the ingredients you're one of the spells uh one of the ingredients in the spell so i love doing bath work um and smell work and things like that too i never thought about you know a font of information i never thought about that i never thought about Mm -hmm. my bathtub being a big cauldron and i never thought about being the one of the ingredients in a spell see i'm just learning a bunch right now just telling you. See, and one of the, the you coolest know. things that you can do is like with your bath spells. I know everyone loves bath bombs. So uh, get a black mm-hmm. bath bomb and then you're in a black pool of water and you're essentially can scry in the vessel that you're in. So that's a really fun way to do divination. That's kind of glamorous, kind of self-care. Um, but also, I mean, again, if you're in it and you have, you know, crystals nearby, you're in the water, you have candles lit and incense going, you're naturally a part of all of the elements and you're working with them right then and there for your magical goal. Wow. Have I introduced you to Michael Herkus? He's my friend who is like walking sex. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. This is a you're I just love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I love you too. You're a fabulous Man, good girl. <laughs> oh, thank you. But you know, one of the things I wanted to mention, um, going back just a, a little bit, um, when talking about glamour, I think mm-hmm. when people talk about glamour, they're thinking only of love or seduction. Um, yeah. I just wanted to point out because I'm a big believer in in using the tools the goddess gave you. Um, yeah. Use it at work. Use it. Use it in you know. Listen to other people and learn their rhythms. You can glamour somebody into changing a subject. You can glamour somebody into giving you a raise because I've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And a lot of it is paying attention instead of worrying as much about what you are thinking and approaching, if you watch someone else's rhythm, like a boss, and you you get an idea of how they react at certain times to certain things, you will know intuitively, if you pay attention, you will intuitively know when is the right time to approach this subject or that subject, you want to raise, you want to change your hours, you want to move into a different department. You want, I mean, there are ways, like mm-hmm. sometimes the boss will come up to you and you know that you're going to be asked a question that you mm-hmm. don't necessarily want to get into. If you know their rhythm, you can guide them out of that 
but it's, it's more about paying attention to your surroundings and the other person. But use your glamour to control the situation. It takes practice, and it takes Absolutely. a lot of interaction. It takes a lot of listening. But glamour is not just about love and sex is really my point. Use no. it for other aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. I always say, I believe I put it in the book too, is I call it glamour is kind of your, your witch marketing tool. <laughs> it's how you market yourself mm-hmm. to the world around you. So you can use it to get a new job, to get a raise, like what you said, to talk yourself out of a ticket or something along those lines. Like I remember there was one time that I um, got a really bad expensive parking ticket and I had went into the city hall downtown. They live in Chicago and uh, I was just so like nervous and I did not want to pay this money or anything, but I was paying attention to the lady that um, I was going to have to go up to. And I just came up and I put on my charm and I also put on this like innocent kind of feeling. And I ended up walking away without having to pay the $200 ticket. So nice. it was, um, <laughs> there are ways that you can use glamour that is not associated to love and sexuality. You can also do it through that as well. Uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's a really fun technique that I think, too, we do a lot of it just naturally as humans. You know, we're looking in the mirror every single day. We always look at ourselves. And nine times out of ten, we look at and focus on what we don't like. But I think a big part of glamour yes. magic is reversing that and focusing on what we do like so that it can magnify and amplify for the world to see that and make that stand out. Um, that's another a big part of it for me, at least. Wow. Yeah. You know, if you focus on the negative, you're attracting negativity. Even if you only have a passing. Yeah. And I was going to say, even if you only have a passing interest in the law of attraction, some folks don't care for it for various reasons. I, Mm -hmm. I have a, a bit of faith in it though. And, you know, I do believe that like can attract like, and I do believe yeah. that if you put out a certain vibration, you know, you are, if you elevate it, other people are going to try to rise to it. I mean, even those who are unaware, the energy that a person creates is palpable, even on a subconscious level to other beings, whether or not they, mm-hmm. they know they're sensitive to it. The influence that we have is much more vast than we realize. You know, I think a lot of folks stay kind of locked in their minds to a certain extent. Even, you know, pagans kind of lock into their, you know, their core belief, whichever it is. And because I was, you know, raised Gardnerian, it was... Mm-hmm. It's something that gets ingrained, but you can't you can't just stick to the one thing you know, or that other people yeah. know. And you yeah. you're a beautiful model for saying, you know what this this doesn't apply to me. I feel what mm-hmm. applies to me, and I think if it applies to me, it might apply to other folks too. And yeah. I have to tell you, I'm I'm digging I'm digging where you're at. I'm 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 into it, Thank and you. I'm, I I want to read more about it because, you know, when you when you feel something resonate like this, and I mean this just kind of mm-hmm. like beat me over the head, but with a smile and made me say thank you, which uh-huh. you know I'm stubborn, uh, I, but I appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. 
Love it. So this has been, yeah, I mean, this has been a really fantastic um, find for me, you know, Mm -hmm. as somebody who always wondered, you know, well, what, you know, women tend to get demonized when the patriarchy takes over religion and, you know, we see where we are right now and taking away the rights of transgender folks. And I'm sorry, people, I know you're sick of me being political, but baby, we got to go there. We just got to. But hey, witchcraft is political. We have to go there. And the thing is, is, I mean, again, Lilith represents that equality and fighting for justice for that. So she, again, is such a powerful ally for this moment right now. And the more that we can kind of call upon her, um, I'm hoping, you know, I, I strongly believe that we're kind of at this dawn of Lilith, this kind of new era um, that is very much her energy. And it's just showing to us so much right now that, that how much she's needed. And she's there. We just need to call on her. Um, so the more people that we have in the choir, essentially, singing the song of Lilith, will we'll get through this and we'll come through it really, really good. And I absolutely believe, and I've, I've always had this saying, remember your gods so they remember you. And, mm-hmm. you know, if this is her time, I think we need to be showing some love and appreciation because let's face it, where we're at right now, we need all the help we can get. And yeah. I am not above <laughs> I mean, let's just say it. I'm not above calling on a goddess that I haven't called upon before. And if you can make that connection, you know, this Mm -hmm. is a huge time of transformation. I've seen people lose everything. I've seen people get great new jobs that they never thought they would ever have. I mean, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing it swing in so many, you know, the pendulum is going around and around and around and up and down. I mean, it's just everywhere right now. So reach mm-hmm. out and see if you feel that pull. You know, listen, we're a lot of us, like I said, we get locked into our practices. A lot of the yeah. time you, you exclude other deities that might, might be trying to reach out to you. You know, open mm-hmm. yourself up some. You know, Gardnerians, I'm a Gardnerian Wiccan. We get a bad rap. We're old-fashioned. We've been called the GOP <laughs> of, the, of paganism, you know, and and I, well, it's true. I mean, I was actually called that on the air. Uh, but wow. I understand. Yeah, no, but I understand why it makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. oh, you people don't accept anybody but your own. You don't think anybody else is a real witch. You don't this, you don't that. And while every group has their assholes, this is very true. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I like to think of myself as an open-minded gardenerian. You know, it's kind of like, listen, if you're born one thing and you start practicing something else, you can claim that you are part of other things, you know. Being raised mm-hmm. gardenerian and practicing something else doesn't mean I was never a gardenerian. It just means I'm now interested in other things too. And I think yeah. a lot of older folks need, need to kind of open up and – and accept that. Be more like me, goddamn you. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> There's the I hear you. I, think, I definitely <laughs> loved what you kind of mentioned before, too, about, you know, using what, what kind of works. And if it's not resonating with you, kind of moving on to, to trying new things. Um, that's always been kind of how it has been for me. At least, I mean, again, I'm just very eclectic and have kind of created this path. Um 
with what has worked for me. But even still, there's certain parts of of my magical practice where I know I'm I'm just not I'm not someone who's really uh, working with the dead person. Like that's just not my area of expertise. My right. niche is more mm-hmm. of the glamour and the lovey and the crystals and the and the carol readings and stuff like that. So I I do though try to take myself out of comfort zone and learn about those practices that I'm that are not necessarily my niche because you know you never know what will change you never know when when you'll kind of get that level up so just it's important not to, to say no to everything and just be a little bit open minded and try things out and see how it goes I totally agree cuz people get really bogged down in their beliefs and it's like if you don't try something else or at least be open to it Again, you're not learning anything, and if you're not learning anything, yeah. why are you still here? You're not growing. You know? Yeah, you're not growing. You're not growing. You get stagnant. You know the same old, same old. So, and I think that that's too. Like I'll I'll make a recommendation because I, you know, what kind of forced me out of the envelope to start writing and doing things was going to this amazing festival in New Orleans that happens once a year called Hexfest, um, and I went to it. Uh, I want to say three years ago. And it was just uh-huh. so incredible. And you have so many different practitioners from all over the world that come. And I really took myself out of my comfort zone and took classes on subjects that aren't necessarily always like my go-to thing. Um, but I love mm-hmm. going every year and just being saturated, not only in just the magic that is New Orleans, um, but, uh, but just to continuously learn and grow. Uh, so that's where I, I decided that I was going to kind of come out of the broom closet again um, and yeah. and just kind of start working in professionally and getting into writing because I had a story and I had something to say and I still have things to say and I'm, I'm still writing books and <laughs> doing my thing. Which is awesome. And I'm so jealous because I've been dying to go to Hexfest for years, but I never had the money for it. And it's like oh, mm-hmm. one day, one day, because everyone one I day. goes to it and, yeah. I know, and I'm just, I, I know it'll happen eventually. I know this year may be in question for everybody, obviously, because of what's going on, yeah. but it just sounds so this glorious. Year, this year they're doing it as a online festival, um, just with the whole cool. situation, because this city's not allowing people. But I think that, too, you know, this is this is how I, because I first wanted to do it, and I was like, oh, I can't, I can't, like, economically do it. But um, I want right. to say, like, around August, September, there's normally an early bird special for next year that I take off a good chunk of the money. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and uh, that's always a good opportunity for you, too. Cool. Well, listen, you know, we are down to like not a lot of time and we haven't even talked okay. about the complete book of moon spells. Oh, I know. Can we talk so, yeah. about, uh, I can yeah, talk to you absolutely. for six hours, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'm a talker. And we too, may so have to. Keep going and going and going. Okay. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, so I have a brand new book coming out, the complete book of moon spells. Um, uh, rituals, practices, and potions for abundance. Um, and where the glam witch to me, I, I felt like the glam witch was completely me pouring out my entire practice. It's very friendly, but at the same time, more deep. 
Um, it covers a lot more deep stuff. So I wanted to have another book that was kind of out before I kind of continued on with more Lilith stuff or, or more heavier things. I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit and have something that was a, more of a primer, um, but also just kind of a fun book. So this is, in total is a really fun spell book that uses the moon and all eight of the moon phases rather than the standard four that we traditionally see in witchcraft and witches. So um, the new moon, the waxing, the full, and the waning, kind of splitting that up into the full eight of the new, the waxing crescent, the first quarter, the and so on and so forth. Um, but it's really all about just how you can how you can use the entire moon phase in order to get what you want out of life um, with your moon magic. So in total, um, I want to say that there's around uh, 72 spells um, and some of those spells are mm. going to be potions and stuff that you can have too. So each chapter has, um, I want to say there's eight spells in each of the eight chapters and then each one of them also has a potion. And so those potions are a combination of like either teas or coffee drinks or cocktail drinks. But I know I also didn't want to discriminate against anyone that is sober. So I have alternatives in there too for mocktails and things, but everything aligns with one of the, the sections of the moon and um, mm-hmm. the spells themselves. I, I really wanted to have something that, you know, older witches or witches that have been doing this for a while, still a sucker for a cute spell book. So I'll buy one all the time. Um, but <laughs> what I wanted to do with this is uh, I have further considerations and with each one of the spells. So instead of just here's your ingredients and here's what you do, I put that in specifically for kind of the, the older gen, uh, which is out here like us who have been doing this for a while. So with that said, I make the recommendation on do it on these days at this time, at this planetary hour, like these would probably be the best opportunities for you to actually like even heighten this spell. Um, a little bit of glamour magic. So here are the colors that you should probably wear while you're doing the ritual for it and for this time. Here are some moon deities that you might want to explore and call on for it. Here's some incense that might be the best one that you can burn for the situation. So I tried to make it as uh, useful and um broad for not just the new people but also for the uh for the, the seasoned witches out there and i'm excited for and it to come I out say, can i say yeah. we older witches appreciate the fuck out of you because <laughs> you know you. sometimes no I'm, and i'm not kidding because sometimes even having practiced for dare i say the better part of 48 years, which mm-hmm. I have, because That's I started awesome. at the same age as you, um, mm-hmm. sometimes I don't want to have to think too much about it because yeah. I have been at work all goddamn day and my same. ass is fucking tired, boo-boo, and I need help. Yeah. So I want same. to tell you that I appreciate you from the bottom of my black little fucking heart that I don't have. Sometimes a bitch wants to read a book and say, here are the directions, bitch, go do this. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for yeah. doing that. Thank you. And you're welcome. Um, so in the book too, I mean, I start off with talking about moon history too. If we look back at kind of some of the ancient cultures and how they saw the moon and how the moon has been used, um, its connection to women with menstruation, 
uh, and um, just different things like that, uh, historical relevancy to it as well. Um, and then, of course, different herbs and crystals and things that will, you can use through all, all of mm. the different spells. But I also really was so proud of the, the, the spells that I shared. I mean, these are some of the other ones that kind of just didn't fall into the right places and categories in the Glam Witch. Um, so I have, like, body positivity spells, authenticity spells, um, spells to transcend the ego, spells to honor your anger and be grateful for your anger because anger helps us set boundaries. Um, yes. And uh, just different things like that. So the way that I kind of set it up is so, like, for the new moon, that's the time to set your intentions. We know that as, as seasoned witches. I mean, the new moon is to bring new things, right? So then we get into more of the waxing crescent, and that's a time to take action because the moon itself is starting to shift. It's starting to grow. So that's the perfect time for action. And then we have the um, first quarter where it's split, and that's the time to make the make decisions. So great time to decide, you know, is this the right thing to do? Should I do this? Do I need help with this? Should I seek truth in order to move forward? Um, and then as the moon continues to grow, we get that waxing gibbous moon phase to get really specific mm-hmm. right before the full moon. Um, and then, of course, the full moon is pretty much the go-to all that everyone loves and, and thinks is the most powerful, but all phases of the moon are equally powerful. Um, so full moon, yeah. celebration, glow, reflect yourself, reflect on things, recast your intentions and all of that. Uh, and then right as the moon starts to decline into that waning gibbous phase, that's a wonderful time to start practicing gratitude and actually start working You know, your magic as though it's already happened and being grateful and saying mm-hmm. thanks for it before it's actually magic manifested so that it can create more abundance into your life. Uh, And then we get into like the third quarter, um, which would be a great time for forgiveness, working on your inner self, shadow work, things like that. And then getting into the very last, the waning, which, you know, is released, letting go, surrendering ourselves um, and being preparing for the new cycle in which we can start looking for a new form of abundance to come into our life. When is this book coming out? It is set for release on July 14th. Can I talk you into coming back on to talk about it? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. (laughs) Right on. So in the last couple of minutes that we have, (laughs) please tell us where they can... Sorry. (laughs) Please tell folks where they can find out more information, where they can contact you. I'm assuming you do readings. Um, Yes, I do. Is that correct? Please tell folks, you know, any online classes, any talks you're giving, anything coming up, please. Oh, perfect. So I would say everyone go ahead and head over to my website. Um, It's www.theglamwitch.com. And um, it links to all of my different social medias. I'm very active on um, Instagram and Facebook and all of that. Uh, So it it links to all of those. And I do have a YouTube, too, where I'm putting up um, uh, different things every now and then, and especially with the promotions of this new book coming out. Um, It also links to a few of my online classes. I just did two through Hex Education that you can go back and um, pay for and watch. One is on Glamour Magic Mm -hmm. and one is on The Legacy of Lilith. Uh, I'll be doing another one later this month. I am still trying to work it all out, but it will be posted up there on Moon Magic. So a little kind of sneak peek to this um, new book that's coming out. But everything is set on my website. Uh, Instagram is uh, at the dot 
glam.witch. And um, what else do I have going on? At the dot, hang on one second, at the dot. The dot, glam.witch. Glam. Dot witch. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. I'm sorry. I wanted to make sure that I heard it correctly because <laughs> I'm going to go hit you up there as well. No problem. Um, and then you can also just I, type in Michael Harkins and I'll come up. So I'm out there. I do readings. My readings there, you can connect to me and send me an email if you wanted to do um, an online reading. Uh, all of that's posted on my website too. I cannot believe how fast this hour went. I just can't get over it. I know. I was doing interviews you earlier are... this morning, too. I've been doing interview day. Wow. <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah. Okay, so you you must be ready to be like, can I just stop talking for five minutes? Five minutes. That's oh, no, I'm I a want. talker. Minutes, I'm a talker. Right? I like talking. As long as I, I have some, some water here to, to keep my throat all <laughs> moisturized, I'm good. <laughs> You're wonderful. You're a lot better than good. And can I just say, you are a very attractive person. I'm just saying. Well, thank you, darling. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. You are it. so beautiful. I'm working no, my glamour. <laughs> you are. And, honey, it is working all the fuck over. Can I just say? Well, thank you. I've seen well, hey, video. this is one thing I forgot I... To, to mention, if I can, really, oh, really quickly. Do. But. I think that with glamour magic too, so many people think that it is so physical, like you have to be like physically pretty or something like that in order to work glamour magic. And you don't. The best analogy I can give is think about it. If when someone walks into the, to the room and takes over the presence of a room, they're not usually a Victoria's Secrets model or a Chippendales dancer. They're someone that has charisma and presence, and they may be physically attractive, sure, but their personality is what's attractive, and that is glamour magic, yes. refining your personality uh, in a way that makes you attract people to you. Thank you for saying that. That is so true. And I think people forget about that because it really is what you bring out to the fore is what people really see. If you have that confidence that you can walk into a room and and master it, it doesn't doesn't even really matter what you look like because it's the feeling you give people. And that is so much more important than your physical attributes. Trust me. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. I am no beauty queen, but I take over a motherfucking room. I've seen your picture, girl. You saying. are pretty cute. <laughs> oh, well, You're working you. some glamour That's magic. Not bad. All the day of time. Hello. All the time. Mark, mm-hmm. M- Michael Harkis, you are the most delightful. I am going to hit you up in five minutes after we get off the air. Fabulous. Thank you so, so much for coming on Thank and you. spending some time with me. I really appreciate Absolutely. it. I'm really Have excited. A wonderful, Thank you wonderful... so much again for having me on. Thank you for coming you on. Have a wonderful weekend, my dear. You too. Bye. All righty. Bye-bye. All right, folks. That was awesome. That was probably one of my most favorite hours. Um, Check out The Glam Witch. Fantastic book. And we will be back next Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.